guys, it's Nikki. And it's Heather. And we're your hosts of Murder Shows and Comfy Clothes. What's up? What's up? Man, it's fucking freezing. It's freezing. Where's our blankies? <laughs> I know. I'm I to, keep coming in to bring some. I'm about to call Adam and tell him to bring us some blankets down. It's cold down here. Right. Um, we're going to have to get a little space here. Oh, and then you probably all hear it. Now I have one. I don't think you can hear it. I think it's quiet. I think it's one of those. My finger. I need some gloves. I know. I got my, <laughs> I'm sitting on my hands. Damn. We didn't think this. Through. I got one. I'll bring it. Okay. I remember next time. Okay. Um, well, hey guys, we are back. Yep, yep, yep. Um, we're just coming off Thanksgiving. And um, first, my first day back at work after like what four days off. That was pretty uh pretty rough. And um been bitching all day, asking if it could be over. <laughs> <laughs> um what what did you guys do for Thanksgiving? We went to Scott's aunt's house. Scott is currently on his third week of vacation this week. Damn. <laughs> See, it's been a little different with having him home now for three weeks, but he's getting a ton, ton, ton of shit done. So, wow. Did you guys get everything out of the old house? Uh, yeah, pretty much, except for all the tools out of the garage. So, yeah, yep. Yeah, we didn't do a whole lot. We uh, stayed home. Uh, his mom cooked shit ton of food i got my greens yes got your greens <laughs> i've never had greens y'all i didn't know what the fuck Girl, greens were let me tell you the story <laughs> okay so i'm at the sink picking greens on the phone with heather and she's like what are you doing i'm like picking greens facetiming naturally so she can see me and I, she's like what i'm like picking greens and she's like what is that i'm like greens She's like, yeah, but what is that? I'm like, greens, bitch, green. And I'm like, is it fucking lettuce or is it cabbage? And she's like, greens. <laughs> Monica and Adam were dying. They were like, greens, bitch, greens. <laughs> so naturally, I know what the fuck greens are. We saved Heather some greens and she's going to go home and eat them and probably call me and be like, bitch, why didn't you make me a bigger bowl? So she's I like, wanted them so I could try them on the video, on the, uh, podcast well, but she fucking rose them well no, girl fuck all that with, boy, you're, you're talking thursday to you were supposed to have them ready for me i've been talking about these fucking greens every since <laughs> last week i wanted them to be fresh mm-hmm. i want you you were supposed to cook them for me and, and have them ready shitting your brains out for three days because you ate old green <laughs> well you know hey shut my brains out every day anyway and got a gallbladder <laughs> tmi right anyway <laughs> Um, but no, we stayed local. We stayed home. Um, got a lot. I mean, my life is chaos. So work, school, everything like that. Um, getting the house together. It was really my downtime to get that shit together. Um, it was, it was enjoyable though. Like I didn't stress myself. I wasn't like, oh, I got to do this today, this today. Like we watched TV, we ate, we nabbed. And then it was like, okay, we all pitched in. We did the, you know, it was like, it wasn't stressful. So it was, it was really nice for me. Um, other than that, I don't really have a whole lot going on. I don't think other than work and school, but, uh, that's about it for me. I got all my Christmas decorations up. What day did I post that? Was it like Friday or whatever? I said, what's everyone doing? Black yeah. Friday shop. Yeah. I just finished last night. Like, I don't know what got into me. Normally it's a tree. And a little bit of decorations, girl. I took that whole fucking TV center. Everything that was on it is now packed away. Every shelf has oh. Christmas decorations on it. I got like 
15 stockings because oh my parents going to be with us for thank- for Christmas this year. And then I got my little three babies and then all the kids and then my mom's dog, which I call her baby sister. And then my animals. Oh my then I decided I was going to hang ornaments from the ceiling. I decorated the kitchen. Oh my God. Was Scott like, what are you? Oh doing? no. He just like, I said, I think I got a little bit too much. It's a little bit overpowering. He goes, no, I think it's good. I mean, girl, I went all out. My Peyton was like, what the fuck? Oh mom? my God. You have to send pictures. I will. I was going to do a little video and put it on the thing, but I was like, no. Yeah. Make a, make a talk, talk. Oh, I'll have that. God, yes, I can. And then, you know, while I was, well, you knew that, well, everyone knows that knows me. I love clothes and (laughs) (laughs) I hung all the clothes up in the closet and I ripped the thingy out the wall when we moved in. Remember that? Yeah, 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 yeah. So Scott decided the closet ain't big enough for the two of us. So he completely gutted our closet and rebuilt a new one so it's much bigger Oh, fancy! and it's kick-ass I don't have the stuff in it because that's not all the way done yet but it's it's awesome I have my own little area and then you walk into it further and he did has you, his own uh, little area did you get any further on your uh, craft room <sighs> <laughs> I've got probably two thousand dollars worth of shelving units in there now now I just still have to organize and that was going to be done but then Christmas day. No, now my daddy's got to get his toe cut off. Oh, Lord. So instead of my parents coming home right away, I am currently leaving for Florida Saturday to go and be with my daddy because he gets his toe cut off. So because he's he... in Florida. Yes, they're in Florida. Okay. So it's happening in Florida. Yes. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. The doctor said it would be better if he went to Florida and had it done because with winter coming and his immune system dropping here in Missouri, it would take him longer to heal than it would if they were to go to Florida and have it done. Now, what happened with your mom and her knee? Oh, she gets her knee replacement on February 5th or February 7th, one of the two. Okay. But they're supposed to be home for Christmas, but now that dad's got to have his toe cut off because of diabetes and he didn't know how to act right. I'm going there. So like father, like daughter. Girl, I ain't got diabetes. (laughs) Don't act right. That's what I'm saying. I'm a keener. I don't have to. That's what my daddy told me my whole life. We're keeners. We don't have to act right. We don't have to follow the law. The rules is what he always said. You're a keener. You don't have to follow the rules. That's hilarious. Um, What was I going to say? So our next podcast will be through Zoom. Right. We'll set it up to where she'll be on a freaking beach. I'm turning my camera off, bitch. I'm not looking at your beach. I don't care. I won't be at the beach. I'll do it at mom and dad's. Mm-hmm. I don't want to see no palm trees. Oh, <laughs> I can't help I'm you. I'm in full effect <laughs> hater mode. Okay. I mean, but damn sure I am going to the beach because the beach in the wintertime. Oh, I mean, God. fuck. Mom called me the other day. She's like, I'm outside of Walmart. I'm in jeans and t shirt and they're playing Let It Snow. <laughs> She's cracking the fuck up. Bitch, I, I am see going. All the lights on the palm trees and stuff because you know they decorate like. The oh yeah, especially because she's they live in that fifty-five-year-old community. I can't wait to see it. I'll take pictures. Yes, I'll send them. I know, but I'm not gonna look at you on Zoom because I'm gonna be. In I'm gonna be in my little sundress and my little football. Be in hater mode. I know. Um, but yeah, so that's our updates. Yep. <laughs> um. Do you want to jump into our little disclaimer? We, you guys, we've got stuff hanging up now on our little. Curtain. I just, I finally took a picture of the murder shows and comfort clothes. Black. 
I did forget to do that. But we're starting to hang little stuff up now and make it feel like yeah. our own little home. I still got all the stuff for the desk in my car. Do you? But I don't have my car. <sighs> I got Slacker. Peyton's truck. Slacker. I know. I keep on forgetting to bring it. Yeah. I'm thinking, damn, it's cold down I'm here. freezing as I, I just lifted up my sleeves. All right, let's jump in. All right, let me get a cigarette right quick. It says, quick disclaimer. <laughs> we are not experts nor detectives. All information in today's episode is public knowledge and personal opinions. We talk murder and have very foul mouths. Listener discretion is very highly advised. <laughs> I'll put my own words in there today, y'all. And you did all of that perfectly. Except for the disclaimer. disclaimer. <laughs> I love it. Oh, well. I love it. So <clears throat> today we're going to do, we're going to do another case that was featured on uh, I Am a Killer on Netflix. Um, I'm telling y'all, Heather got in her bathtub <laughs> and binge watched the show. And she's like, oh, this person and this person and this person. So we're going to do another one from there. But he's kept me busy for these few weeks. So I ain't been able to finish all the episodes, but I know there is one more after well, this I as of right on, now. Oh, what was it called? There was an, a show I turned on and the very first episode was St. Louis, Missouri. Girl, we got some quacks up in we this do fucking got some state. Quacks. We really do. Um, and girl, Mr. Um, Strickland, was that his name? The little man that got out of jail? That yeah. you posted on yeah. the thing? Yeah. I remember a while back looking into that and watching that and him saying, you know, if he got out, he was going to go live in a box underneath the bridge. Yep. And now yeah. he's got, I mean, I didn't really look into it a whole lot because it was like three o'clock this morning. Yeah. There was like so. $9,000 in the GoFundMe. You go, Mr. Strickland. Yeah. You go. I, and I, I and what fucks me, me up is he does not get nothing. 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 That was, if you guys haven't That's seen bullshit. that. If you guys haven't seen that, um, I'll share it again so it stays current on our feed, but go check our Facebook out. Um, I did share that, and that to me was something I thought was so important to share and to see, and it really hit home for me because it's another reason why I want to go to school and do what I'm doing because right. there's so, our system is so broken it's corrupted. that if if we don't change it, I mean, this man spent 43, was it 43 years? 43, 46, prison. 47, something like that. For a crime he did not commit. Well, he's been in there since 79. For a crime he did not commit. And they released this man, but because there's no DNA evidence. That it wasn't him. That it wasn't him. But everything else points enough evidence to point that it wasn't fucking him. This man spent 43 years of his life in prison for a crime he didn't commit, being released with not a cent to his name. Like he said, they'll probably take that wheelchair, this wheelchair yeah. from underneath me. Yep. I, it was, it was, it's insane. So we're definitely, I'll definitely share it again. Um, so back to, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I got off subject. <laughs> back to this though. We're going back to um, season two, episode two of I Am a Killer on Netflix. Uh, we are going to talk David Barnett, inmate number 990-135 at Tosi Correctional Center. I um, love how they put the inmate number. I don't know why, but I just like that. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's one of the things that I thought it was cool they do it on the show that they put right. the inmate number, but it was always fun to me when I'm like researching this stuff though too, is to look at their inmate number. Because as when we did that interview with Peyton and 
everything. They are identified like with their inmate. They are identified with their inmate number, not as a person, not as a, which is crazy because when you watch these shows and stuff, they literally say they remember these numbers for the rest Rest of their their lives because it literally becomes who they are. Right. Like that inmate number becomes who the, who they are. Um, But that's just like kids today, which I mean, that has nothing to do with prison, but kids today, you know how you have to type in your little lunch number. These kids will know that number for the Mm -hmm. rest of their lives. I used to know mine. I don't remember mine anymore. They Um, started that when I was in high school, I think. So, yeah. But that, and that's thing, like with story with her passwords and stuff for school, she knows the codes of, you know, which one it is. Her student ID "Mm -hmm." and this, because everything. How the hell do you know that? She's like, it's for everything we do. I'm like, oh dear Lord. So they just a number. That's what they yeah. do with our little babies. Just a number. Hmm. Which that's almost, a whole nother system that needs adjusting. Yeah, I'm gonna start calling mine one, two, and three. Your kids? Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Is there something that happened that I don't know about? Well, I mean, fuck, they go by numbers at school and everything else. Well, so, motherfuckers are gonna go by numbers at home. Inmate number one, two, and three. <laughs> Oh, Lord. Anyway, so um, David Barnett, born St. Louis City, May 18th, 1976. Um, So that makes him 44 years old today. Um, He was born to a mother who basically shouldn't have been a fucking mother. Right. Um, He was born. He was passed off to a friend of his mother's where he was basically raised by this man who was just a friend of his mother's very unconventional um and it's one of those things that like when you hear oh a friend is willing to you know take and raise your you know your kid you kind of hope that the story is like positive turn right um i mean if somebody's willing to take on someone else's child you know you just immediately think oh they got to be a good person right Mm. (laughs) like i don't know i just if i'm gonna be like oh well you don't want your child here i'm gonna take it why would i take your child if i'm a shithole person right but that also leads into this case for me because it was um it was difficult because the man is guilty for what he did um but as we get to talking all the things we talk about and the episode it really it really just made you kind of wonder about the system even more not just the system of the policing but the system of what our kids are being raised in these kids that are being put in foster cares and things like that um that's another fuck and up this system. this hit home for me in a different aspect as as pertaining to we had to fight really hard for a situation and we cared enough to fight right and it was beyond hard for us so these kids that don't have somebody to fight for them like it, it, it just hit, it hit different. Uh, but that wasn't the case here for David. Um, the man he was left with, he was, he was left dirty. He was left unfed. He was left unattended. Um, he was even beaten. Um, and we're talking, you know, from birth to four or so. Um, one of the things that he, that David had said in the show that was really sad and hard to hear, um, for me was he literally said it wasn't until four or five when family services caught up with my existence. And the, it was hard to hear that because like, that's how, that's how he 
feels about himself. Right. Like he literally just presented it as at that young of an age, he was just like, they caught up to my existence. Like he was merely just existing. He didn't feel like a person. He didn't feel like, you know, anything because it was like, as a kid, he didn't understand what was happening. Right. Um, I mean, so- could you imagine, you know, I couldn't, your mama just running off and leaving you with a friend. Yeah. I mean, he was broken from love at such a young age. Right. Like he, he was just, he had that stolen from him. And then it's like at four or five, you know, now all of a sudden here comes somebody who seems to care more about you. And it's like, well, where have you guys been all along? Right. But then, uh, family services has now taken him into custody. Uh, the man raising him was still allowed to have a visit with him. Um, it said that they, they left him like unattended to have a visit and, uh, <laughs> the motherfucker stole him, right. kidnapped him, took off with him. Like, yep. <laughs> Bye. Bye How is this possible? Because I've dealt with, I mean, I mean, you know this, I've dealt with children's social services when we are going through that ordeal with my family and I was going to potentially take a baby on as my own and just me going there and visiting this baby and stuff like that they sat behind a glass like a one-way mirror and watched everything and anything I did with this child yeah but I I don't know now we're talking though now when we yeah that's like that, we 40 got, years later I say, we right think about, yeah, I didn't think so about that be... true probably mid 80s i would say because he was born right. in 79 no so... 76 oh 76 yeah. so it was right in the 80s oh yeah. yeah but still though like you right know, but how you up and just bring <laughs> up and leave with a, kid. with a baby um, i ain't a baby i mean well it'd been hard it'd have been easier to do it with a baby i think yeah instead of a five or six year old yeah well i don't know though because maybe i mean he had familiarity with that person so maybe it was easy just for him to be like oh come on they said we can go true you know and it was easy for him to be like okay well here we go that's daddy john or daddy david yeah whoever come on uh true but so he he kidnapped him and stuffed him in the trunk um he was then kept there for like days days right days yeah (laughs) without food and shit right no like hardly any food is the way it was portrayed um they did eventually catch up with them um found david in the trunk the uh man was arrested um david was placed back into the system and i'd have ran away can't should i'd have been you would think he'd been better on his own than being with the system Fuck, they failed him twice already. Right. How did we get here? Right. <laughs> like, I'd be like, what is happening right now? Um, I mean, first of all, did nobody think to call DFS or whatever that was back then when his mama just up and left him with some man? I don't know. I mean, that's what's crazy to me is, I mean, we don't know the backstory, the back history. We're talking, again, we're talking 70s, 80s don't really know but still i mean somebody had to know that this child existed be beyond the mother and this this man right like somebody had to know this child existed. i mean even the neighbors oh he just showed up with a little boy at his house (laughs) 
I mean. So um, now it's said that that man was arrested. Um, and I think David himself said he's never seen or spoken to him again. Right. Yeah. Um, now at the age of six, David was placed into a, a foster family with a woman named Rita. Uh, he states that he loved being in Rita's care. It was the first time that he had ever genuinely felt love. Um, she was very kind to him. She was very sweet to him. She treated him very well. Uh, right. He was like their child, one of their yeah, children. Like he was. He, he called right. her mom. Yeah, that was his yeah, mom was and his dad. First time he ever felt that he had somebody to call mom. Right. Um, unfortunately, it was short lived. Uh, he was only in Rita's care for about six months uh, before she had got an offer to go study overseas. Um, so he's what six at this time. So six, seven, right? Again, here, you know, here he is as a young, a young boy having some form of comfort and then having it ripped from under his feet. Um, he once again returned into the system. Now at eight. He was placed in the care of a man named John Barnett. Uh, so what is it? So he was about six and a half when he went back into the system. So he was in the system for probably another year or so. Year or so. And then at eight, he was placed in the care of John Barnett. Uh, now, John was a computer teacher from Webster Groves. At South County Techno High School. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so... <Nice. laughs> If we're so that means he would have been teaching, you know, while we were all in school. Right, right. Well, and that's okay. So that's what I'm saying. He was born in 76. So eight years, 77, 78, 79, 80, 81, 82, 83, 84. So now we're talking 84. Um he's he gets into this guy's care. He's a teacher at Webster Groves. Or no, what'd you say? I think it was South County, uh, South, uh, South County Technical High School. Okay. It was either South County or it was West County. But I no, they didn't have a South County. I mean, West County. They only had North Tech and South Tech yeah. back then. <clears throat> so so John started out as, as what David would hope for in a foster parent. Uh, he was kind. He was caring. He, you know, he provided food. He provided warmth. He provided comfort, um, a welcoming environment. Um, I mean, David couldn't wait to latch on right then. Like, you know, he, he knew right. what it was like with Rita. He, I, at this point, he's had a taste of that. It was possible, which I'm sure he's got some doubt that it's going to be ripped from him again, but here he is finding comfort again in somebody. Right. Um, I, it doesn't say exactly when, but John had eventually asked David if he wanted to be adopted and David was excited. Um, he was eager to say, yes, he, he agreed to be adopted. He wanted to be adopted. Um, but as it was his day. Yeah. I mean, like I said, he provided the comfort and the, what a kid needed. Right. And back then to me, that is very strange that first they would let a single man be a foster parent. Mm -hmm. And second, a single man a, adopt mm -hmm. a child. Yeah. I mean, because didn't they like, I always thought you had to be, there had, had to have a husband it's and wife. It's hard now. Right. Today. Uh, yeah. That's like, <laughs> to be a single person and to adopt a child. and like, Right. I mean, unless you got Buku now. money, then, you know. 
I don't know. I just find that very weird. Yeah, it is. It is weird to me. Um, but like most predators, um, John went from warm and comforting um, safety zone to a dark, cold, evil person. It was practically right after the adoption too, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. It was like after the adoption was finalized, David said it seemed like he, I mean, he immediately just became a different person. Right. Um, he began getting more and more violent towards David, uh, switching, you know, back into the false love. Um, he began touching, he began making David touch, uh, <coughs> on him. And it just, it just continued to escalate apparently from what David had said. Um, this went on for about a year or so when John had ended up adopting two other boys. Um, now this is weird to me too, though, because I don't know what the system was like then, but for you to be able to adopt two more kids, how are you not talking to the other child that's involved? Because, yeah, but I mean, or is it after DC, after the adoption was finalized, DCFS is not involved anymore. Is that how that works? Because if DCFS is not involved anymore and he's now adopted him, that case is closed technically, right? I would think. So yeah. maybe they didn't have to, maybe it was just because he did a foster, he was successful at the adoption and they never thought twice about it. I mean, I'm sure even though if, if they did question David, you know, like the interviewing stuff like that for him to adopt the other two. David didn't tell him what was going on. I mean, fuck. Yeah, he was still young. Well, and not even that. When my grandfather did it to me, I was told if I told anyone, he would kill them all. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, and that's, that's, that's often said to the child, you know, so. Right. Maybe that, you know, that could have been what John said or, you know, or he was, I mean, even though he was going through this stuff, maybe he was afraid of getting ripped from the home. Yeah. You know, it, yeah. John was doing that to him, but he still had a stable home. Yeah. Wasn't and being that's bounced so sad around. To even be able to say, right. Like that's, that's heartbreaking to even be able to say, um, to be able to like sound like you're justifying, you know, right. like that's, that's crazy to me. Um, now, David, David went on, he, he watched John basically be to them, to the new boys, what he had once been to him. He was kind, he was loving, he was caring. Um, I mean, he, he was being the same person to these new boys that he used to be to David. Right. Prior to adoption, you know, and, and David was still going through all of this stuff behind the scenes, um, while watching these other boys get the love and affection that he had once gotten um so i can only imagine as a kid what he was feeling there um now john's parents clifford and leona lived on the same street as john it said like two houses two down houses. yeah yeah <laughs> yeah i think in the video like if you look at the house that david grew up in with john they're like two houses to the right yeah like super close um david would recall going over there frequently having sunday dinners there it's fucking cold down here. It is freezing. I'm freezing my ass off. <laughs> he states, um, we, we gotta have a blanket somewhere down here. Damn. <laughs> Shit. My hair, my nose, I'm like, <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> you guys, it's cold. We, like we, I'm we, trying to like cover every little piece of skin that's we need to get a blanket. Showing. We need to get a blanket. Oh well. Um, 
And we need to get a damn heater. Yeah. Is what we need to do. Um, David, where, what was I even talking about? Okay. So his, I'm sorry, grandma and grandpa lived two doors down. He recalls going to dinner on oh, Sundays. Yeah, okay. He recalls going Sunday dinners. Um, he states that Leona was very loving. She was, she always made him feel loved. Um, he, he does recall there was like many times where he, he wanted to tell her about what was going on and about the abuse. Um, but he states, he always got a sense that like when speaking, she kind of, she kind of got defensive and she seemed protective. Just like if somebody would say anything bad about John, I mean, I guess like a mother does, you know, right. Don't know why they want to be admit that their child is even wrong in any aspect sometimes. Um, but he, I mean, it, it made him draw back. He was, you know, like, oh, maybe not. Maybe she won't agree or believe me, or maybe she'll be mad at me. And, um, but he, he just remembers going over there. He remembers her being loving. He remembers, I mean, he remembers her caring about him. And um, he did say that like Clifford wasn't a mean, like wasn't a mean man or anything, but he was so much like John that it was hard for him that at times when Clifford would get angry or, you know, uh, assertive, he, he felt like it was John, right. It would bring him back to the moment of being with John, um, which I mean, it was John's father. So <laughs> it's not surprising that you would relate the two, especially if they look alike, sound alike. Right. I mean, anything. Um, but this this for me set uneasy though because it sounds like to me this is something that existed within this family you have a mother who knew this existed but it i never thought was about in denial that. you know what i'm saying like right a, mo- a mother that knew her husband was assertive or even abusive or in denial that he may have molested them as kids, but I think Never it, it just that. came off to me as a situation where I feel like this was a mother who was like, no, not, you know, John, you know, not my John, right. Not my Johnny. Yeah. But yet here dad is who possibly <clears throat> did the same thing that John has become right to his own children. Right, right. Don't know, don't want to, you know. Good but that's that's idea, the vibe that I got. Right. Like it just it didn't sit well with me because it was like, oh well, no, not my John. When or you know, to even feel like, oh, the fear of she's not gonna believe me or whatever has there's been something that has made you feel that way. Right. Um and if they were so much you know, if John was so much like his dad in so many aspects, well, I mean, he's growing into what he knew yep um but I, that's my assumption that's just my my opinion. um but it wasn't long before david started to notice that john had become begun um calling eric one of the younger sons the same way that he used to call him like into the rooms at night right. and things like that so david noticed that that had started to change um, and when he, when he said this, you could see the switch in his emotions, um, that it really did. It really did sit hard for him. Yep. Uh, it was hard for him to say because he knew 
he then took on the guilt that he knew what was happening behind them doors and he allowed it, but he didn't protect him. He stayed quiet. Right. Um, because it wasn't happening to him anymore. And, and you could, and he full on admits that he admits that that's what happened. He admits that's how he felt. Yeah. He got to a certain Um, age and it quit. Yeah. Wasn't it like, yeah, because he started or whatever. He started doing it to the other boys. Yeah. Um, and then I'm sure, you know, he was too old for, you know, him by then. Yeah. Could be. Um, but he, he was very torn with the fact that he admits he knew what was going on and he stayed quiet. Um, and that Eric was most likely going through exactly right. what he did. Um, now, at they did an interview with one of David's friends, um, and his friend had stated that at 15, he and David had discovered a photo in John's bedside table um, of a torso, the legs, the thighs, and a hand holding a young boy's penis. Um, they stated they knew it was John's in the pictures just because they knew John's arms, you know, he was a hairy man right. or something like that, right? Um, Didn't he have, did he have a ring on or some shit? I don't remember exactly. He did say he always wore a ring that like when he would hit him, it would, you know, he could feel it in the back of his head when he would hit right. him. And now he did make the comment that Clifford also wore a ring. And when Clip, when Clifford would punish him, you know, grandparents, you know, punish him, whatever, because he's acting out, he would hit him and he'd have that ring on and he, and that would bring him right back to John. Like it just reminded him in the moment of John. Right. So he did say that. So did the grandpa hit him in the back of the head too? Well, I, the way he said it. I want video, my parents hit my kids in the back of the head. <laughs> Girl, please. What you gonna do? A beat some ass. Nah, you a whole lie. No, I am too. Your mama gonna tell you, Heather, shut the fuck up. First of all, my mama wouldn't be hitting none of my kids in the back of the head. I don't know if my mama's ever hit my kids before or not. Not now, maybe. Oh no, she has hit them now, but when they run in their mouth, she will (laughs) smack them, but not in the back of the head. Nah. Uh Uh-uh. Bitch, I'd be coming after you as a stick. Oh lord. I don't know. Some some kids need it. But anyway, I digress. Um... (laughs) They say his friend says that they went to the police and they told the police about the picture. They showed the police the picture and that they turned basically turned them away. Right. That is weird to me. I don't know. I mean, we're going off of what somebody he was a well-known reputable man in Webster Groves. I don't know. But if that's true, I mean, how fucked up is that? Right. Um. But it was, it was crazy to me because, okay, so 2015, how, what year would that be? 2015. I mean, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you dumb bitch. No. <laughs> John was, fifth, oh, fuck, what's his name? Now I'm all. David. David was 15 at the time. So we're talking 76 is when he was born, right? Right. Okay. So, sorry, y'all. I don't math. 87, 88, 89, 90, 91. He was 15. 91? Yeah. Okay. 91, huh? Because there's something in here. Now that I'm saying that, there's some, I asked that because there's something in here about a report that was made. And I was just wondering how close into reference of that time frame would it have been. Anyway, um, so they say they turned it into the police. Now, John had met a girl named 
what's her name? Cecile? Cecile? Celia or Cecile. S-C-E-I-L. Yeah, it's spelled very, very weird. Who was a student of John's. And she herself was abused at home. She would confide in John. Um, she, you know, she said there was a warmth in his kindness. Um, so much so that she began spending time at his house um, to be away from her own home. Very weird. Uh, Gets along now these days, I would think. Very fucking weird. Um, I mean, because like she like practically lived there, didn't she? Like- well, she said that she there was nights that she stayed on the couch. Um now she did go on to state though that she never she never witnessed or knew anything was going on to the boys um but she does admit that john would come to the couch and hug her rub her touch her um so yeah Hmm. yeah um i don't know how platonic or not platonic that relationship was um and I don't mean to sound bad mouthing the victim, but it even seemed in the interview. I don't know if you noticed it that she still like had a crush on him. Did you? Did Who, John? You, or no, David? on John. Like how she talked about him, and that's why I say I don't know how. That's why I made that comment. Right. Because it was very, it was very unsettling because it made me feel like, okay, well, I don't want to take away from her if she was victimized. Right, right. Even being young, she still was victimized because she, you know, she wasn't putting together. But at the same time, I don't know if it was that malicious you know what i'm saying like right if he was i mean he was a freaking monster but maliciously was like oh come here little girl right like no i think it was more so like he knew it was what he was doing and she, she was knew like, which mm, right okay you know and she was crushing i, I mean everyone crushes over some teacher in school yeah i mean if yeah. you have not if you did not have a crush so, on one of your teachers that's why then i, said what's that, I definitely had i definitely kind of got that vibe right of like i don't know how how much that really but again personal opinions right <laughs> i had to look at our disclaimer when i said that <laughs> um but she did say that john would do that um now she did you know she did go on to say she spent a lot of time at the barnett's house um naturally that's how she met david um they began to grow a bond um they eventually started dating and eventually ow, my nose ring just stab me in the face um eventually she had become pregnant and her and david ended up having a son uh at the age of 18 david and john had had an argument um in which he moved out at that point and him and cecile i'm gonna call her cecile right sorry if it's wrong um moved in together to raise their son and everything now i asked myself though like 18 why did he did he wait to 18 because he's adopted and was that the rule or did he wait till 18 because he just felt like he didn't have nowhere else to go like why wouldn't he have well i mean once you're once you're adopted they're i mean they're yours so you know dfs or whatever yeah they don't have a say on you know 
know, it just made me wonder like why why did you wait all the way until 18 to try to or to leave i don't know maybe john kicked him out it was weird to me but anyway um him and her moved in together um he over time david began having trouble basically holding a job um taking care of the baby being productive uh it sounds like in the beginning he you know he was he was doing pretty well right she said yeah he was like a great daddy in the beginning yeah. blah 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 yeah. so it sounds like in the beginning he was doing pretty well and then i don't know what came over or whatever but uh he basically was having trouble holding a job he was having trouble being productive uh this naturally caused problems between him and her uh he began staying from you know friend to friend couch to couch, couch, to couch yeah <laughs> Um, but naturally Leona noticed that something was off. Um, she knew that he wasn't living with John anymore. She knew that he had a baby, you know, so she's just like, Hey, are you, are you okay? Um, David basically was like, yeah, I'm okay. You know, but he sat on it for a little while and he decided, you know, he was going to like, clearly she knew something was wrong. So he was going to go ahead and tell her what had been going on. He was going to tell his grandparents what had been happening. Um, so what is it on February 4th? Yeah. February 4th of 1996. Um, David had, he had been, you know, like said, couch to couch, whatever. Um, he had been speaking to his friends about his grandparents and how they were going to give him a car. Um, and that they basically were going to rent this car to him right or give him the car one of one or the other um sunday morning on the 4th of february 1996 um uh, he walked to the house of his grandparents where they were out attending church um at a kirkwood baptist church he <clears throat> here's what's crazy though he Climb. broke into the house he climbed through the window <laughs> he broke in through a bedroom window, sat on the couch, turned on the television, and dozed oh, off. Um, I, I mean, I don't know. Like, broke through the... I mean, don't you have a key to your grandparents' house? Don't everyone have a key to their grandparents' house? I don't know, but I just feel like... I wouldn't break into my grandparents' house. Like, I don't know. I just... I, I mean, I had before because I locked the keys in the house, well, but... <laughs> Right, right. I mean, but, I mean you know. yeah, that's like the only reason. Oh, huh? Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. So um, anyway, he he dozed off. Um, excuse me. <clears throat> he okay. So he entered the home through the bedroom window. He sat down on the couch, watched TV. Um, he had phoned, apparently phoned his stepbrother, and boasted that he had won the lottery and come into a large sum of money. What that was all about is beyond I, me. Well, I think it plays into later in the case. Um, it said that he rummaged through stuff and they did, uh, they did take pictures of a dresser that he went through. Hold on. I'm getting off track. I'm, okay. I'm getting ahead of myself. Um, cause I did read that. So anyway, he, he calls, talks about winning a large sum of money. And I think that's in the, in there because of what they, they say in the court stuff. Okay. Um, he was waiting for his grandparents when they returned home around one o'clock, he confronted his grandmother 
Um, it said that he basically started talking to them, telling them what had been going on. Right. He, yeah, that's the reason why he went there to tell them yeah. what had been going on with Jack. Um, and it, it just seems like things didn't quite go the way he probably thought they were going to go. Um, and I don't know if he blacked out. I don't know if he snapped. I don't know. Um, he proceeded to push his grandmother down on the floor. Um, he then pushed his grandfather to the floor. He then proceeds to grab a knife that was lying in the nearby kitchen table. His grandmother rose from the floor. He kicked her and knocked her back down. When she fell to the floor again, he began to stab her repeatedly in the neck. Um, it's said that he inflicted 10 stab wounds and a numerous and numerous cuts to his grandfather's neck, face, and hands as well. Um, satisfied that he had killed his grandfather, he returned to the kitchen to get another knife and began stabbing his grandmother in the neck again. Um, it said that he he retrieved multiple knives, continued to stab them. They suffered they suffered a total of twelve stab wounds stab wounds to her neck Ugh. and numerous cuts to her face. Um, he. He hid one of the knives by placing it under a mattress in his grandparents' bedroom. He then went to the bedroom and washed the blood off of his hands. He took the keys to the car and retrieved his coat and $120 from his grandmother's purse. Um, it said that he stood there to see if they were breathing. I don't know if all that's true. Um but he determined they were dead. He lowered the shades in the house, locked the doors, and then drove off. Um, now, the video of, what is it, the juror, um, he stated in there that it was, it was a very gruesome scene. Um, and it was truly done in a form of rage. And the, some of the stab wounds were so deep that the tips of the knives were embedded in bone right um he had to retrieve multiple knives because the stabbing was so intense that they broke um i think my child is arriving at home y'all my dogs are going <laughs> crazy um my mother-in-law's in town so we have other dogs here so you're gonna hear all kinds of yipping and yapping sorry um but yeah it said that they were so deep that they broke and then it just he kept going back to get knives basically why only um, hide that one I don't know. I, it truly sounds like to me. Yeah, he lost his he, ever living he mind. He lost snapped. It. He snapped. And right. Because the two people that he thought would. Yeah. Yeah. He he truly he, he snapped. And um, he you know he goes on to say that what did he say you know he said I killed two innocent people. Right. I killed the wrong one. The wrong people. Right. Yeah. And like, I mean honestly, he did. He killed the wrong ones. Yeah. And it, it, it all was because I think it was truly because he went there and he, the people he thought should have been there or believed, which again, brings me back to, was this a situation that previously in the family, right? you know, because if they reacted in such a sense of no, you know, this is never possible or, oh, you're just a liar type stuff. He snapped. <laughs> Um, I mean, because I mean, even I'm sure no one would want to believe their child did anything like that to someone. Right. 
Right. So naturally, um, he he went the next day and he did walk up to police officers. Um, they found the car parked in a residential area. He walked up to a uniform officer. He confessed that he had committed the murders. Um, he, I mean, he was convicted of first degree murder. Um, sentenced to, he was sentenced to death. Um, however, <clears throat> that has that has since changed. Um, the the attorneys at his trial were very what is it ne negligent ne ne yeah. negligent um they did not they did not call the witnesses that they should have called no they did not use any past history of his abuse um they did not introduce any of that now rita had not heard anything about david for 13 years um however she had saw the trial and everything and she reached out and she began following the trial um she got in contact with david um they got back in touch and he was you know writing her back and forth from jail um sending her birthday cards and things like that still being the only person that he ever felt like right was truly there for him um so they had naturally did a whole lot of misjustice at his trial um he was he was convicted of the death sentences and then later the six years later um federal lawyers begin to review his death sentence <clears throat> again like i said they introduced um unseen this is why i asked that date of how old was he at 15. what they did not introduce at trial is there is a dc uh, a dfs report from 2009 about abuse and sexual assault from john so he was born when 76 76 and it was 209 uh 2009 yes 86 96 yes 2006 so they introduced that um later in his in his next trial when they're trying to fight the death penalty what year did they say it was um, 2009 so they, they introduced that. They introduced um, the witnesses, family, friends, things like that. Because even there was... 2009 is when they found it, right? No, they 2005 in... was when um, there was a sexual assault report filed. Okay, so what's the 2009 about? So what they... Okay, so he, he murdered them in 2004. Okay. Right? Is that what we said? No. 96. <laughs> I'm so I'm tripping. So, yeah, 96. Now, David's in prison this whole time. John's He not, was 20 when he murdered them. Yeah. John's not having any charges of any form any right. press because okay. they didn't dig into any of that. Even though they were trying, you know, David was trying to introduce this stuff, his lawyers did not freaking do it. Right. Um they they later went on and throughout the years, John had a 2009 DFS report filed. But it wasn't for David. No. It was someone else. But they never introduced it in his freaking trial of his death penalty or anything. Uh, so. Well, I mean, they couldn't have because he killed him in 96. Oh, I'm talking. 
We got our dates mixed. I'm so fucking lost. <laughs> oh, Lordy, Lordy. So in 2009, right? John had a case against him. Well, okay, here. Maybe that's where it's it's wrong. Because on here it's saying, yeah, it says on 2009, a DFS report in 2009 about sexual assault and abuse from John. So we're talking now, the lawyers are trying to fight. So the, he, done, he done had this abuse way after David killed mom and dad, grandma yeah. and grandpa. So David killed them, but they're not, they didn't introduce any abuse from John. They didn't do on David. Yes. And then 20 or 30 some odd years and later, now these lawyers are saying this man 15 was years later abused as a kid. He was raped as a kid. He was all this stuff by this man whose who, parents he murdered, who now has a case from 2009 yes. against him. Okay. For sexual. Okay. I was yes. thinking, I was thinking that you were meaning David had, a, you know, that they had brought up a case from 2009 from him doing it to David. I'm like, no. David done grown in prison. <laughs> okay. No, so they, so yeah, so they later introduce all this stuff. Um, they, they're, they're fighting for him. Um, it was also fought that um, David was 19 at the time that he committed the crime. Right. Um, under Missouri law, people 18 and younger cannot be sentenced based on their lack of maturity. Right. So they're trying to fight that due to his abuse and everything, even though he was 19, mentally and everything, he was still, he was still immature. Uh, he was not of mature. Girl, they, they immature until they third. Right. Let me well, tell you, boys are so immature. That's what they're trying to change now. They're trying to. They're I don't think my 19, when mine was 19, he knew his ass from a hole in the ground. <laughs> yes. But, um, so they're, they're arguing that a 19 year old is no different in maturity <clears throat> from an 18 year old, right? especially one who has went through all, all of this that, abuse right. that he has went through. Right. Um, so that's, that's what they're really fighting for or what they were really fighting for. Um, under Missouri law, anyone 18 or older cannot be sentenced to life without, I'm sorry, anyone 18 or younger cannot be sentenced to life without parole. Now this was, they can be sentenced to life, just not life without parole okay um and life in the state of missouri is 30 years mm -hmm. yeah so okay. um now in let's see what does it say john died in 2017 of natural causes no charges or no, anything nothing. Were ever nothing ever done for this man um so there's that. But anyway, on March 15th of 2019, David's sentence was commuted to life without parole. Now, he goes on to state that he believes he deserves to be where he is. Um, but they, he also, he, he wants to fight for parole. So they're trying to fight now to change it to where he does serve a life sentence, but he also is eligible for parole. Okay, so when does that life sentence start? From the day back in whenever, uh, or from 2019? It ultimately, it ultimately becomes a um, a judge's discretion. The judge can decide, or the prosecutor can decide time served. Um, so what did they decide? It, it's not decided yet. They're still fighting right now. Okay, so when did he go to prison? First time 
like in the beginning when this all started. Uh, 90, he was well, he was arrested in 96. He was charged in 97 for death for death penalty. So he's been it's 21, 22, 23, 24, 25. 25 years he's been in there. So he could possibly be out in five years. Yeah. So it, it says here he intends to appeal his charge and hopefully obtain parole so that he can be a productive member of society. Um, many people have watched this. Many people have heard this case. They've taken to Twitter and everything, um, basically just stating, you know, and it, it is it is one of those cases that is hard to see here and watch because, again, you find yourself siding with a murderer somebody who brutally killed right. two people but again we have to look at the logistics of he was 19 when he committed this crime he was not a mature 19 not that any of us are ever a mature 19 but he was physically mentally emotionally everything abused he murdered these people and here we are how many years later 40 <laughs> Well, no, well, 96 was 20 is 25. Yeah. So here we all are all these years later. And I'm not opposed to saying no, that in an in a instance like this, that somebody can't change or that somebody hasn't changed. Now, if it's somebody who's just out here killing because they like to kill, that's different to me. Right. Like the last douchebag. Yeah. The motherfuckers should not get out. <laughs> no. No, because he proved that, I mean, even just the way you can hear him talk there, I mean, he's not ever going to be, but I truly feel like this person would be, he'd be very lost and I think he would struggle. Um, and quite possibly end up back in prison. But I don't think it'd be for murder. Right. I, I, I truly don't think he is, he's out here with malicious intent to murder somebody. Right. Like, I just don't, I, I don't get that vibe. Um, so it, it's a big thing for people, you know, when this was done on Netflix and it was huge on Twitter, it was, it was all over, um, for people trying to fight for him to be able to get parole. And I, I can't honestly say I'm against it. Me neither. <laughs> That's hard for me to I say, know. right? Yeah. That's why I was like, I wanted, I was wondering how you felt about it. Cause I'm like, I mean, for me, it's, it's one of those things that. It's very unfortunate what happened and everything, but at the same time, I mean, yeah, it's fucked up. Like he totally snapped on the wrong people. Um, honestly, you know, I feel he should have snapped on his father and killed his yeah. father, but yeah, but a lot of times, I mean, sometimes you don't, when you snap, you don't think. Well, no, and that I mean that's the point of it. It's fucking right. snapped. Right. Like there's no logic to it. There's no rhyme or reason. There's right. no, oh, today at 445, I'm gonna fucking snap. Right. <laughs> On Heather. Like, no. It, Why are you not pick me? Because <laughs> you're here, bitch. <laughs> well, and it's it's past 445. Oh, so I'm you're good. good. I'm good. <laughs> it's five o'clock now. You're good. <laughs> but no, I just I, I mean, get to have another meal. <laughs> right. That's just the reason of it, though. I mean, you know, I don't. I don't know. Yeah, but let anyway. the guy out. I mean, I, I think that he's had one fucked up life. Yeah, for sure. And that's what, you know, I mean, and I'm sorry. This is partially DFS's fault or whatever that group is, you know. Oh, for sure. Because there's a different name for everything. And again, and 
proves foster care another system that's broken right another system that is broken i don't don't want to sound political or whatever but if the government runs it it's fucked up (laughs) odds are (laughs) odds are it's not gonna end well um yeah no i've i've been going through and i definitely want to um one day spend some time on some of the things that like my book is you know saying and in my class and stuff because there's a lot of a lot of things that I'm learning that are just like it's it's insane it's insane how broken how broken things are and you know a prosecutor holds more weight everybody thinks you know a judge and everything but I don't think we realize the people that hold the weight aren't the people sitting behind the bench no hell no um and our laws are not designed to to help a person who is guilty or committed a crime but we we've lost sight of what is justifiable as a as a a charge or um penalty that's the word i'm trying to think of What's justifiable is a penalty, whereas like harsher punishments for shit that, I mean, we got people who just last year were released from prison for fucking drug charges. Like it's insane. Yep. (laughs) So that's my soapbox. I don't Um, get into mine because a lot of people don't agree with me. So, yeah. I mean, because I have a whole lot to say about today and recent verdicts and yeah. all that. And, and that's a lot of people do. I mean, that's that's the problem with the world right now is a lot of people are divided on right. a lot of things. Mm-hmm. And that's what's causing a lot I of hear, well, that's the reason the government is the reason why this is happening. No, nah, motherfucker. Sorry. No, that ain't the reason why this is happening. This shit happened prior to yeah. what's going on today. And yeah. it just wasn't heard of as much on sure. TV it, yeah, like it is not, now. It wasn't on social media right. the way that it is today. Right. All these things still happened. It just wasn't freaking publicized. Right. Exactly. Um, but anywho, Nanny. So that's uh, Mr. David Barnett. It's definitely something we'll be following because this is an active um an active case to see if he is granted parole um to see if he you might be get you might be getting <laughs> you might be getting <laughs> you might get a little you know video update like we did on yeah. i know we have that one any. little pecker head that we <laughs> jesse. did jesse driscoll our yes very first case. yes yeah it's where you get a little video update and see our beautiful faces yeah. minus one yeah minus one I did tell her we were having a podcast today. She didn't come. Biatch. Anywho. Slacker. She was she was taking care of Granny. Yep. She's been out there. She's been out there. Um, but we miss you, bitch. Yes, we do. Uh, what do we got? What we got left? Okay, Okay, so we really don't have a whole lot coming up, guys. We got holidays coming. I'm fucking birthdays. Yes, I'm swamped all of December. Um, but we're still going to get your guys' episodes in. Heather will be in Florida. I'll be on the sunny beaches. Um, I don't know. It was awfully cold out there the other day. Was it? It was like in the low 60s. I'll be here, Chicago, all over the place. Um, check I'll us be out. back by the 16th. 
My ba- my snot-nosed babies are coming on the 16th. On my yeah, but you be gone. Mm, I'll be here for my, I don't know what we're doing for my birthday yet, actually. Because, you know, I'm 18, he's 20, you're 22. So maybe mm. we could all get together and do something. Yeah, but since I didn't get a 40th last year. Where, what did we do? Nothing? COVID? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking COVID. I'm so over it. Right? <laughs> Man, man, man. It's weird because like out here, you know, anywhere you go out here, you have to have a mask. Yeah. To where, you know, my little country bunk in town. <laughs> that's like the fucking devil. Yeah. And they the mask look at like, you and say you shit wear a to mask, you. They're like, what is wrong with right. you? <laughs> Screaming, you fucking Democrat. Nah, bitch. <laughs> I ain't Democrat ain't got shit to do with this. I ain't trying to get that fucking. Oh, yeah. I don't give a fuck. I don't want it. No, it's not fun. I, it's not fun, guys. Um, I mean, I, I, I say I'm over it, but it it truly isn't. I, it's not fun. It was it was hell. I felt like death for at least five solid days. And, and I, I had not. I had flu one time in my life, and I thought I was dead. I was praying <laughs> I would die, and then I was praying I wouldn't die. And if it's anything like the fucking flu, I don't want it. No. And ever since then, I've gotten my fucking flu shot. Knock on wood. This is particle boards. That shit ain't gonna work. Here's some wood. Knock on wood. I don't get anything like that. Nope. Mm-mm. Fuck all that. My mama had it. It's not fun. She was in the hospital. Nope. 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 Hey, that's nope. my clothes pens. All right, guys. There's um, still a key. What's that key sitting on the desk for? I don't know. Let's figure that out today. Yeah, I gotta go home. No. Okay. I, it could go to a door in this house. I have the, no is idea. that is that the missing house key that I was looking for for your house to get in your house that day? It could be. We're gonna try this key out today, guys. You know, because I still have your old house keys on my keychain. We'll, we'll keep you updated. I guess I can throw them away, huh? Since yeah. that's no longer the house key, no that, works. The key that works. <laughs> hey. Um, you know, sometimes you gotta change locks. No. <laughs> anyway, um, check us out. Crazy on, bitches. You know. Hey, don't act up. Anywho. Check us out. Facebook. Um, <gasps> murder shows and comfy clothes. Real quick. What? Did I tell you that someone tried breaking in my house? The new one? Yes, girl. Shut the fuck up. How? When? Oh, my God. Okay, so Scott's in bed, right? Okay, so I'm laying on the couch. You know I don't ever fucking sleep like a normal person does. I'm laying on the couch, and we currently still have 15 boxes in our living room. I mean, in our bedroom to where my babies can't sleep on their cots in the bedroom floor. So I have to sleep in the living room. Hint, hint, Scott Getty. Um, so anyway, he don't even fucking listen. I don't know why I'm trying to hint, hint to that motherfucker. So anyway, Scott's in the bedroom asleep. I'm on the couch. Two dogs are snuggling. The babies are all down on their cots on the floor. You know, they snooze and I'm watching me some Lifetime. And I keep on hearing something in the back. So I mute the TV. Noise isn't there no more. I hit play again. Oh, start hearing noise. Mute the TV. Nothing. So then, sitting there, I'm watching television. Mind you, remember, dogs are asleep on the couch, snoozing away. And I hear the doorknob <gasps> on the front door. Them dogs jump up out of a dead motherfucking sleep and start for that door. My ass flew from the living room to the kitchen on top of the refrigerator. You know, I keep the gun. I grab that son of a bitch. I go in there. I'm like, Scott, 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 someone's drinking the house. Someone's drinking the house. Motherfucker won't wake up. I punch him in his fucking kneecap, right? Like three times. And he finally went, what, what, what? 
I'm like, someone's trying to get in the fucking house. Someone's trying to get in the fuck. They'd be gone by now. So anyway, so he's like, where's the gun? I'm like, I got it in my hand. I should have went out there myself. And he's sleep naked. Oh, Lord. So he had, to put, he had to put his pants on. I mean, he could have went out there with a tallywhacker hanging around because, you know, we live in the middle of nowhere. Ain't no one going to be out. Well, I guess someone was out there. But so, so he had to put his pants on, get his jacket and everything. Fuck, they done gone. They done to 55 by the time his and then we live, what, 20 miles from 55? Oh, my God. Dude, you need to get them cameras up. So he goes looking around, right? You know, we got the fucking freight box there. We got the 40 foot camper there. We got the cabin there with the lean to. We got the horse stable there. We got a shed there. He's walking around. Everything doesn't see nothing. He doesn't go over to where the horse stable and everything is. So he comes back in and he goes and lays down. Then he comes back out. Motherfuckers all dressed then. And I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, well, I can't sleep. And I was thinking, I need to go look over in the horse stable, blah, blah, blah. So he goes over to the, gets the gun again, goes over to the horse stable. Mind you, it's pitched. Well, you know how dark it is out there. I don't know if he had a cell phone or what he had. I don't know if he had light. I don't know light of the moon. I don't know. I wasn't getting off the fucking couch because I was ready to grab my babies. I had my gun. He had his. He comes back. He's, I'm like, what, what was that? You know, he was running, right? He had like, I thought he was running. He said, I come face to face with a motherfucking deer. Oh, shit. <laughs> He's like, he didn't shoot. That's what he said. He said, by the time I realized what it was, I done had the gun out, cocked and aiming at it. I said, oh, fuck you. Because you know how I am about shooting bait. No, we don't do that shit. Not on my property. Don't kill nothing. Not. Oh, my God. Okay. So I don't, we can't, we're not sure if it was somebody, but I straight, they, something, if it was the fucking deer, if it was a fucking raccoon, a bobcat, a human, something tried getting in my motherfucking house. Wow. Do you need to go get them cameras? Oh, we got cameras. We ain't got put up yet. You need to put them up. That, that is your sign right there. I know. That's, that's not what, a sign, bitch. I don't know. That's what, what I, I told him. I, but I mean, and it's hard to believe that anyone... You know how hard it is to find my house. Get them care. It don't matter. Find your house or not. These those country bumpkins know the area. It don't matter. It's hard for me to find your house. Not for somebody. But who if you just if you there. just ride, driving down the regular road that we live off, you'd never think that there's a house and property back there. I don't know. Not enough three o'clock. Ran off in the woods. Girl, don't get me started because you know I ain't gonna never sleep now. I'm just saying you can't act like it's not possible. Jesse Driscoll took off in the woods and ended up at freaking Bonnie and I'm sorry, I don't remember his name. I feel bad now. Don't make me pop a cap in someone's ass. Um, pow pow, bitch. Pew pew. <laughs> pow pow pew pew. Whichever you choose, motherfucker. Either way, it's happening. Okay, mm. Facebook. Murder shows, coffee clothes, Heather's got to go home. Um, and oddly enough, my child is very quiet, so she must have got a stern talking to. Um, but I know she's home. So, Murder shows, comfy clothes podcast on Facebook. Um, we need to be more active on TikTok, but we are on TikTok, so go give us a follow. Uh, Murder shows and comfy clothes podcast. Um, we are on apple spotify stitcher google all those good things so please 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 go give us a like give us a follow give us a rating 
still trying to get everybody back um from keep on sharing girlies and boys i've seen it i've seen it seen y'all sharing our page people come up and everything it's it's fantastic Mm, they share 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 Um, we had like 380 followers now sweetheart oh hi girl i need to sit down and find out how long we've been doing this see how deep we are um so guys check us out we appreciate everything every like every share every follow it means something to us It, it makes what we do worth it um i got nothing else you got a comfy fact to deliver yes i do all right let's get it (sighs) okay (laughs) let me sit up some my chair okay john hopkins university did a study of a group of foster children in maryland and found that children in care are four times more likely to be sexually sexually abused than their peers not in this setting. And children in group homes are 28 times more likely to be abused. That's fucked up. That's crazy. That's crazy. Fucked up. Four times more likely. Four times. Children. Okay, guys, let me just, let me just say this. These kids are put in a system by mothers and fathers, whatever, who don't want them, can't have them, can't raise them, can't take care of them. Fine. Whatever the choice is. This system is designed to fucking protect these kids. And on a daily basis, we are failing them. Miserably. Miserably. These kids in foster care and okay so you know i just i know a little girl that was in foster care who was currently adopted now by a wonderful 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 woman and the stories and shit she has told me just recently like if there's nowhere to put them like in a home or a group home they put him in the psych wards at the hospital. They're bunked like prisoners. The psych wards at hospitals. Yes, they are. Bu- they are. I mean, bunked. granted, yes. If they're put, they're put there, and they have food, they have clothing, they have a roof over their head, but they're put in the mentally. I don't want to call it a psych ward, but that you know, they're put in the psych mm-hmm. ward and with the, the children, amount- other children that. And it's not, you know, that they're put in there because they're they having a moment. They're put there because there's nowhere for these babies to go. For them to go. And they, they have made it so hard for people. I, just, if you ever get free time on your hands, just look at it. At, just Google an adoption process. Fostering process. It, it's fucking crazy. Process. There's a chick on TikTok who does like she fosters and she you know she don't ever show the children she don't ever show the children's names but she does like little you know however long the little video tiktok videos are of like you know what you have to do to be a foster parent you know what your house has to be done you know this has to be locked up this has to be locked this has to be done this has to be done see here's here's the kicker okay i am a 34 year old woman i have a fantastic job i'm 
currently in school, going to college. I have no prior outstanding debts, no criminal charges, no nothing. But now let me tell you this. I do not own my home. I rent my home. Nice home. Pay a great amount of money for this fucking home right. that I afford on my great salary that I make. I'm not married legally. <laughs> Therefore, being the person that I am, I cannot foster. I cannot adopt. I can't do any of that because I don't meet their requirements, but I am a, a fully capable person of providing a child shelter, home, love, food, clothes, all the necessities that a child fucking needs. But because I'm not, I don't own a home, I'm not legally married, or none of that. I can't, I can't help a child out because I don't meet their requirements. That's insane to me. That's fucking insane. And I don't want to say, because it's, this isn't everybody, but there are people, I mean, because you do get, you know, you do get a monthly check or whatnot to foster a child. Right. And some people that I know in my area, I know do it because of that check. That's crazy. But how do they not, who's checking on these kids? I don't know. How is that not obvious what they're doing it for? Like, I mean, I don't know. I think it's, I also think it's different down in that area because there is so many children that are in the system and stuff like that to where, you know, they pretty much, you know, you know what I mean? Yeah. How about if you guys, if you guys hear this and you have any information or if you've been in the system or you know someone in the system shoot us some facts let us know some stories let us know some some life stuff just so we can let the world know what the hell happens right i mean let's be real or, a lot of people you know, that go through it or look into fostering look into fostering look being an advocate it. for a child because i know they do have like advocates that go to mm-hmm. court and talk to the judge and they meet with the child, you know, a couple times a month, couple, couple times a month. And then they go and they speak to the judge on the child's behalf, you know, let's help these babies out. Yeah. There's stuff that there's stuff that can be done. Um, and I know a lot of times it feels like, you know, Oh, I'm one person. I can't change the world, but you could change the world for someone for a little kid. Right. Hey, Christmas is coming. I know. I uh, adopt a family. I was gonna say adopt, adopt a child. Adopt a child, guys. Right. I actually I have um reaching out to a girl that I met through our murder show page. Um, and I'm gonna do adopt a child through her for Christmas. Um, so she's she's packaging up the little things to send it in the mail. You know, you get the little package, tell them what they want and everything like that. Everybody want to do it. Yeah. I'll get the information. I'll post it to our page. Because Um, I am adopting a little boy in Florida that the 55 year old and up community that my mom and dad mm -hmm. live in, that they adopt this like little foster home place. 
and they have a little Christmas party on the 11th and everything. And so I'm adopting a little boy for that. And, you know, I always have to adopt my elderly residents at nursing homes every year. I know I want to do that too. So one chick that I know, her friend just bought a nursing home and they are doing adopted a resident and they are doing to where people donate Christmas decorations and stuff like that. Cause a oh, nursing cool. home has no Christmas that's decorations. Cool. Well, I think that's what we should do. I think our, our December posts are going to start being things that we can do to make a difference. Right. Um, so I think we're going to start doing that guys. Keep a lookout for right. our, our December post um, kids, adults, elderly animals. They all need us, especially right now. Cause it's, fucking cold and we're in a house right and so my yeah. hand is frozen let's let's get some stuff going um until then guys we're gonna sign out and let heather get going home so i can go eat my greens <laughs> until next time ladies and gents stay, stay comfy. comfy don't, don't get, get murdered, murdered.